Welcome back to the Arbitrary Archive, the show where siblings DJ and Travis attempt to catalog all of human culture just one word at a time, all under the guidance of a sentient and hopefully benevolent artificial intelligence named Jeff. Every week, Jeff gives us a one-word category, and Travis and I must find a piece of media or artwork to contribute to the Arbitrary Archive that fits that category. This week, Jeff has given us the word pork. So, Trav, what were you able to find to contribute to the Arbitrary Archive in the category of pork? This week, I'm contributing the children's film Babe, Pig in the City. This is the sequel to the film Babe about the talking pig. Uh, the connection of the category is pretty easy. Pork is meat that pigs are. Well, how would you even say that? Uh, anyway. Pork originates from pigs. Right. And Babe, Pig in the City is a sequel to, to Babe. Babe, the beginning of the film, Babe comes back a hero, but in a freak accident. I thought there were going to... I have not... I don't remember if it was the original Babe or if it was this sequel that I watched as a kid or both. I... I frankly don't remember. I would have been too young to really remember. But I was shocked as an adult because I thought at the beginning of this movie was going to have Babe accidentally just killing the farmer because the the <laughs> um, just the sheer magnitude of incident that Babe accidentally causes. Like, he falls into a well and then a crate falls on his face. But anyway, it just turns out that... It's like so many safety violations <laughs> happening in just a short period of time. It is shocking. <laughs> it just turns out that the farmer is uh, has, like, medical bills and, and, and also is um, temporarily unable to work as he recovers. Um, and his wife, uh, Esme, is not able to tend to the farm all on her own and as a result they need to do something desperate to save the farm because otherwise they're not going to be able to um to make a profit this year um but because of the events of the first film someone sends a letter to the farm asking babe to appear uh and get you know get paid to make an appearance as this celebrity pig so they it's at a state fair and they go to fly over there, but on their connecting flight or sorry, rather, but on, on the, in the airport between their original and connecting flights, <laughs> airport security thinks that Esme is, uh, trafficking drugs inside of babe i think is the implication <laughs> and they get held up long enough that they miss their connection they need to stop at a hotel and there's a special hotel in this city that um is a hotel for animals babe stays there and i could just go on and everything feels like the premise of the movie until the last five minutes of the movie, because it just feels like it keeps building and building on these situations. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, this is directed by George Miller. Uh, fun fact, same George Miller as the creator of the Mad Max franchise. George Miller produced the first film, Babe, the, the original Babe, and then directed its sequel, Babe, Pig in the City. And I think he does a really good job here in crafting a, a story that is structured in a way that kids would enjoy. When we get to the part where I say whether or not I recommend this film, I don't recommend it if you're just an adult, because it's a profoundly 
Uh, it's definitely a movie that's designed for kids. But what I would say is that I would recommend it if you had young kids who specifically had an interest in animals. I think this is uh, definitely one you'll you'll want to watch. Number one, it's not um, completely unentertaining for an adult. I found it fun. I found it fun in the same way. You know, I just got the other week I saw Mission Impossible Fallout, and I found Babe Pig in the City strangely kind of fun in the same way, in that both this sequel and, you know, the Mission Impossible franchise and good action movies generally have these really contrived set pieces where, like, they show you all the pieces that go into this, um this little vin- action vignette, and the same thing kind of happens a few times in Pig in the City, except it's more... Um, like physical comedy vignettes. I think it pays off fairly well. Um, And yeah, a kid's going to have a good time watching some animals talk. Uh, DJ, what did you think about Babe Pig in the City? Had you watched this (laughs) as a kid? What were your thoughts watching it again? I cannot remember if I, excuse me, if I saw this film as a kid. And I think all, all my memories of the concept of Babe must have originated from the first film. Yes, Um, which is very different. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think like the idea of Babe, right, is is that he is a misfit character. He's a pig who aspires to be a sheep herder. Um, and I guess that's the premise of the first film. And yeah. that's kind of everything I remember about the concept of Babe. Babe Pig in the City like completely <laughs> abandons that idea yeah. and is, seem- is seemingly uninterested in that. In fact, yeah, so you, the, like the reason they get invited to this state fair is beca- so that Babe can be like a sheep herder, do a sheep herding demonstration. So they don't make it to the state no. fair. And instead, it's just a series of non sequiturs. And, and I, I almost disagree, Trav. I, I think this it, there, there's a lot to chew on in this there, movie, there, even for there, like adult there is, viewers. There is stuff to chew on. Like, this idea of uh, and you're gonna either you or the audience is gonna laugh at me for saying this but the idea of the city or at least uh modern urban life being this like really tenuous and complicated interconnection of communities and how like um misfortune can throw that very um precarious situation um out the window and and people need to like come together to scramble and figure out a a new way they can kind of create a a new um, symbiotic relationship with each other. Like, is that kind of what you're going for? Sort of. Yeah. You you definitely start to get the feeling like 15 minutes into the movie that like George Miller is kind of up to something because the first 15 minutes feel like what I remember babe being very Mm -hmm. like bucolic and pastoral and like all these hijinks on a farm and then, like, the, yeah, when when they start going through airport security and all of a sudden the film turns into, like, this Orwellian, like, city-state megatropolis, it, it's like, wait, what? What am I watching here? Like, is this really for, is this really for kids? Like, what is happening? Like, any, any semblance of the kind of plot you would expect in a children's movie just gets completely jettisoned. Well, I and, think that's why then, it probably worked, why I assume it would work well for kids, because, like, kids' movies have... If you watch any kids movie, it's not that it's like taking it takes like the traditional structure of a of a of like the traditional storytelling structure and then just like completely dilutes it till it's its own only its base parts. And Pig in the City kind of takes the opposite approach, which is like, 
Honestly, kids have pretty low attention spans. Let's just throw a bunch of weird things, kind of non sequiturs in a row. And in that way, I think that's why I say I think it would work really well for for kids. Yeah, there are like a lot of fascinating choices. There's a part where so when they first check into the hotel, like Babe goes to the upstairs room and, and looks out the window at the at the skyline. And so you see that the city that they're in is basically an amalgam of all famous cities yes. on Earth. There's like the Golden Gate Bridge is there and, and the, the Statue city. of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. And Hollywood. It's like, oh, because I was wondering, like, wait, where is this taking place? There's geographically? like Venice elements. <laughs> Yeah, those the streets are canals, but then there's like air, airplanes flying over. It's like it, it's just completely insane, and I I found it like really endearing. And then there's also like interesting ideas at play here. So, there, yeah, again, there's kind of like this George Orwell sense of uh, like tr- trying to build a society with these talking animals. They're they're all trying to like squeeze into this hotel. There's like impoverished animals that live out in the street, and then some more privileged animals that get to live in the hotel and then they they pull off like this grand heist to steal a jar of jelly beans and then <laughs> the film kind of explores these ideas of like distributive economy and it's like if everybody just lines up there's enough food for everyone and it's <laughs> it's like these really interesting ideas and then there's a a character named Flea Lick um who it seems to have like suffered some kind of like leg injury, and so he has to run around. He's a with dog this with kind of two cart. legs, and he has like one of those like dog wheelchair things where there's wheels on the back. Right, and then there's this like almost troubling scene where again, yeah, it's kind of like the farmer at the beginning, where it looks like Fleelick almost suffers like a fatal image uh, injury through the course of the movie. Yeah, and he's like then the tra- movie <laughs> traveling towards the light at one point. <laughs> yeah. He's like randomly in the afterlife and then Babe like wapes like pulls him back to reality. There's like a lot of ideas at play here and I just kept thinking like what is this movie? Yeah. Like what is there's I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. I mean people talk about Pixar films being like, "Oh, it's a kids film, but there's like a lot of adult themes to chew on." And and yeah, that's true, but I mean, this movie like really worked for me because I I love the feeling of just having no idea what is going on. I think it was a little too scattershot. Like we've talked about that sort of film and how we both enjoy movies that that challenge our capacities in that way. Um, I think Babe Pig in the City is a little too scattershot for me to really be able to spend enough time to sink my teeth into any of those ideas because it's sort of like as quick as they come, they're kind of gone. Um, so I, I had a little more trouble, I think, than you did connecting with some of the some of the more wacky ideas that Miller's throwing in there. Um, I also was profoundly troubled by the dog that's supposed to be a prostitute. That was, am I? Yeah. Was I re- was I reading that wrong? No, I think that's I think that's pretty clear in the text. Yeah, like, yeah this is that's what the- I thought too. Which. Um, <laughs> was unfortunate for a children's film. Yeah, this is also a children's film where, like, one of the characters has a line, I think it goes, like, a, a murderous shadow lies heavy across my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, who is writing this thing? It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it was, yeah, it's certainly, I was going to say an odd duck, but that's too much of a pun because there is a main <laughs> character who is a duck, and I'm just not willing to do that. Uh, there's also like a, I also kind of like the, um, there's like 
chapter titles, all of which are sung by a little Greek chorus of, are they rats or mice? I guess they're rats. Um, which are like maybe, I guess, probably voiced by child actors who are, they're clearly not, when they're singing, they're probably just adults with, you know, a professional vocalist, but then they like say the title of the thing, but there is at least one point at which one of them mispronounces the title, which makes me think they like just got <laughs> kids in and had them read it. And cause they like pr- the, one of the kids pronounces it wrong and then says, Oh, sorry. And like, that's also <laughs> in like the pitched up, like high pitched voice, really weird and, and clever choices. Um, and yeah, it has, it has interesting ideas in there. I think it's a little too scattershot for me to, um, to be able to really apprehend everything at once or or make any really coherent conclusions about it. But just the amount of playfulness and um, playfulness with ideas that are that, that are present in this kids movie make it definitely, I think if you have kids that are interested in animals, like it's definitely something you should watch together. The kid's gonna have a good time, you know, watching the orangutan do its thing. Um, and you know, the whole, the whole class of chimpanzees and then you got, uh, a lot of fun stuff with some dogs. So, uh, good, (laughs) good animals in the movie. Put that on the poster, Uh a lot of fun stuff with some Um, dogs. But personally, I don't think I would go back and just watch Pig in the City on my own again. And I, the only reason I ended up watching it is because it was a slam dunk for the category, but it was a good time. It was a good watch. Uh, DJ, any final thoughts about Pig in the City before we move on to your contribution for the week? No, I don't think so. So I'll just I'll jump right in. So uh, I kind of went the same direction uh, with my choice here for the category of pork. I'm going to contribute the 2001 Irish film Disco Pigs from director Kirsten Sheridan. Uh, Trev, do you know that meme uh, where it's like probably a grid and on one axis uh, on one of the axes is like uh uh lawful chaotic and then like evil good on the other axis yes yeah, the you know dungeons and dragons alignments yeah oh that's what that is that is okay, what it cool. is yeah that's dj's meme education for uh-huh. the week um so <clears throat> the the two characters in this so this is a movie about two twin siblings a brother and sister uh played by elaine cassidy and killian murphy um and the, so the, the the Wikipedia description does not. Am I reading the, the Wikipedia description? Because I didn't see the film um, because it wasn't available for streaming in Canada, so I couldn't watch it. It it doesn't say that. Did you say they're twins? Because it just says they <laughs> they are teenage protagonists who are born at the same hospital at nearly the same time. <laughs> wow! And that, grow up door to door to door with each other. Wow, did I completely misunderstand the movie? I, ah. No, wow. I, I think the wiki. Ah. I'm gonna say the Wikipedia page is wrong because yeah. So the, the I, I'm gonna have to research this afterward. But yeah, like the I, I think the film is explicit that they are twin siblings because the film opens with uh, Elaine Elaine Cassidy's character Runt narrating that she was the first one being born and then they were a family of three for only a brief short time before before uh pig played by played by Killian Murphy appears um i think this wikipedia article is just wrong but i'm going to have to double check that cuz now i'm wondering it also if- mentions later like that they have different parents cuz it says like uh 
her parents, meaning Runt, and Pig's single mother. Wow. In the second paragraph. There, we're getting conflicting reports, folks. <laughs> okay, so maybe I completely misread the misread the movie. I picked the wrong week to not watch your movie. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go back and read about this. But but anyway, I guess I saw the film as if they were two twin siblings, which cast the movie in a very different light. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the reason I mentioned that mentioned that meme is because these two, I guess, yeah. Friends, I guess they are, according to this <laughs> article, um, go around doing just random acts of vandalism and they pull pranks on people, just terrorizing the neighborhood without any like seeming structure to anything that's going on, um, just without any rhyme or reason to any of it. They're just terrorizing the city. Um, and the interesting thing about the movie is that the society that they find themselves in just doesn't know what to do with them. Like they, they can never punish them or reprimand them. They're kind of just powerless to stop this, this force of nature that is these, these two individuals. And that kind of became my doorway into the movie in terms of trying to find some kind of read of what's going on here. Um, the character of Pig, played by Killian Murphy, I think is... So this is a 2001 film. I, I think this is kind of a, an early take on this idea of like toxic masculinity. Um, oftentimes, he's the one initiating these, these violent pranks and these violent situations. And he is like deeply enamored with Runt. Um, and that often puts Runt in these very difficult predicaments um, where she's having to try to uh, extricate herself from these situations that pig has created. And so eventually the film gets to a point where um, the adults in this world who, who seem powerless at, ev at every turn decide that in order to protect Runt, they need to send her away to this kind of institution um, where she can recover with, with other women. And then kind of continuing the theme, they just leave, pig to his own devices it's they consider him a lost cause but they don't they don't try to reprimand him for any of his actions and then the film kind of be, the plot of the film becomes pig trying to quote unquote rescue runt from this institution where she's been placed and i think the movie kind of explores those ideas of like how we need to confront toxic masculinity and and how we need to play a more act active role in that rather than being passive and allowing this like force of destruction to just uh, ruin people and ruin relationships. And I, I thought, I thought uh, it was an interesting take on that. Um, the movie I think is a little bit on the nose with a lot of its symbolism. Like there, you know, the film opens with Runt asking pig what the color of love is. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, there's all kinds of different color yeah. imagery that, uh, just kind of explicitly dives into some of those ideas. It's not super subtle. Um, I also had to like watch the movie with subtitles because um, this is an, definitely an Irish film and uh, a lot of thick Irish accents. And then Killian, Killian Murphy's character, Pig, he's really channeling 
kind of Alex from Clockwork Orange here. He's just like completely deranged and some of his <laughs> phraseology is very difficult to follow. So if you do check out this movie, I recommend keeping the subtitles on. Um, overall, I think I do recommend this movie because <clears throat> I found myself thinking about it a lot once it was done. Um, the, the writing is super solid. There's a lot of classic techniques on display here. Like in one scene, uh, Pig gives like a soliloquy, which is something you don't see in, in modern cinema. Just like one character in a room by himself kind of mm. exploring this, this, uh, the, the language of the text of the script. I thought that like was an speaking interesting... to himself or like. Yeah, it's almost like he's doing huh. that um, uh, that Robert De Niro thing from Taxi Driver. Like he's huh. so, he's like sort of talking to a mirror, but the mirror is off screen. So in some sense, he's he's like just addressing the audience, which is an interesting choice. So there, yeah, there are fascinating stylistic choices, and it's also just. I found it fascinating. This is very much like a film of the early two thousands. Like all the style and like the the very like dark colors were like super hip and it, it's kind of weird that you know we're only you know 17 years removed from that time but just the, the styles are very different um it's kind of an in interesting artifact of that time period as well so it's not a total home run for me but i did find this movie fascinating and i, I think i would recommend it and now honestly i'm most curious to go back and see if i completely misinterpreted <laughs> the film because i said yeah there's definitely this um extremely uh, I don't problematic romantic relationship between the two characters, and so obviously that gets uh, <laughs> that becomes more problematic <laughs> if indeed they are brother and sister. So I've got I've really got some reading to do to figure this one out. <laughs> yeah, this is starting to look like you uh, wrote the book report based on just the back of the book. <laughs> and I, <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I uh, I I just have uh, just from reading the the wikipedia entry i have i have a few questions like the final sentence of the like the final like two sentences of the article like seem to imply that something pretty drastic happens uh, at the end of the film and when i was reading the plot synopsis it kind of caught me off guard does it does it serve to catch the the audience off guard as well or or is the tone of the film prior to that uh similar enough that it just feels like a logical conclusion to what the rest of it is happening if that makes sense yeah i don't think anything really shocking in this movie happens and i, I think that's a testament to the skill of the filmmakers like they they kind of steep you in this world and you feel the tension like slowly scaling up um there are definitely scenes that have shock value but they don't feel out of place like they feel yeah. like the logical culmination of what came before in fact like all the the pranks and things that pig and runt pull on people they you know at first they seem kind of like charming and harmless and then they start getting weird and and then they just become straight out violent um and i think there is a, a progression there of like don't let that kind of stuff get out of control like yeah you can press against societal norms but you know people need to be on the lookout for when that kind of rebellion takes a, a dark turn that can end up yeah. harm, harming other people so yeah I, that 
there's a lot that happens in in the third act, but yeah, none of it was was super shocking to me. So yeah, I'd I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this one, Trav. If you ever do find a copy, I, I think you'd find, if, it find my, if I find myself connected to the internet in a country other than the one in which I currently reside. <laughs> right. Any other things you wanted to mention about your contribution before we saw before we got our next category from Jeff? I don't think so. Let's go check in with Jeff. Best show. Best show. Best show. All right, DJ, our one-word category for next week is bestial. Uh, Maybe a little too similar to what we had this week, but (laughs) less specific. Bestial. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash arbitraryshow. You can email us at arbitraryarchive at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes. The fifth star is our favorite. Our theme music is by Alistair Forsyth of the podcast Bite Sized Lemons. And as always, if in creating this archive we inadvertently caused the very apocalypse that we were trying to prevent, we sincerely apologize. Sorry. <laughs>